0: You are listening to the Thinking Effect podcast with Artul Green and Lillianne Kriegler. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 16 of the Thinking Effect podcast. Today, Artul and I are talking about how can we as educators create space for curiosity? So we've been speaking in the last few episodes about well-being, uh, which is a classroom, you know, of calm and caring. But what we want to know today is how we keep our students curious. And I'm curious to know how
1: autumn is today. How are you, Orton? <laughs> I'm feeling wonderful, Lilian. I'm really excited about this uh, episode because curiosity is something uh, that's very close to my heart. So I'm really looking forward to jump into it. <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, we know that um, we all
0: start off life naturally curious. I mean, we just know that babies are on the search all the time for what's happening around them. And it is an amazing uh, motivator for learning when we are curious. But we also know for some reason that curiosity isn't a given in a classroom that sometimes curiosity goes astray and and this episode is sort of trying to work out why and and what we can do about it so order what do you uh you know what do
1: you have to say about oh I have so much to say about it (laughs) uh and yes I agree with you we're born very curious and and you know it's a survival thing right because our curiosity le- leads us to explore the world around us and understand it and know what is dangerous for us uh what the meaning of everything around us and as for the parents among us if you're listening uh, you're probably well aware of how many questions children ask when they're very young i mean i have three boys and at some point i had three boys under the age of five <laughs> And they were asking just one question after another. And some days it was just so exhausting. <laughs> but this is how they make sense about the world around them and understand what is everything. And as per one research, children between the age of two and five years old ask about 40,000 questions. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> so, That's unbelievable. But, yeah, I mean, we've all
0: lived through I've got two um, children, a son and a daughter. And yeah, exactly right. I Mommy, mean, why? Or daddy, why? Or granny, why?
1: <laughs> exactly, funny. constantly. Why is this? Why is that? Yeah. Uh, and sometimes, you know, we can get crazy as adults with, with all these questions. But our children are asking for the right reason, right? And they're very curious to learn about everything around them. Um, and and like you said, Liliane, at some point something happens to our curiosity. Something happens to um, to asking question, and we stop asking questions. And unfortunately, it happens as we enter the education system. Um, And our education system, as probably many are aware, is um, an answer-driven system and not a question-driven system. So we basically reward students for providing answers, right? This is how we test them. Give me answers to this question. We never reward them for coming up with beautiful and amazing questions about the world around them. And so slowly as children move through the years within the education system, they um, reduce the amount of questions they ask until at some point they hardly ask any questions. So, um, and, and this, is, this is really bad because as you know, curiosity is the driver for learning and is the driver for us to become lifelong learning and to enjoy exploring uh, many new things. Yes, you're
0: right. And, you know, I mean, teachers out there listening today might say, but I I'll ask my children to do, to you know, to ask questions all the time. You know, at the end of every um, thing I say, I say, well, are there any questions? <laughs> but you're not looking for the wonderful, awesome, amazing question. You're looking for the right questions, the questions that you think relate to, you know, whatever we spoke about teaching halves and fractions. So maybe the question should be around fractions. But really, it's it's that space for um, creating the big question and the one that really will drive some, uh, make people so curious that they're willing to do the hard yards to research it because really curiosity drives research and curiosity drives, um, you know, the, the willingness to find out. And as you say, students kind of, get to a point where they've been shut down so many times when they did ask this kind of question that they move into this mode of um, give me the information, ask me the question, let me answer it so it can get ticked off and then I can go and do what I really want to do. And, you know, and let me get the grades that I want um, and don't ask me to do too much hard work to get there. I don't know, maybe maybe, as they probably are and will be beautiful educators in, in this listening who say my classroom is not like that and we applaud you and that's what we really want. We want a classroom where, you know, you are listening out to the things that kids really
1: want to know about. Yeah, absolutely, because curiosity is uh, like a spark. It's like a little fire burning within us and we need to keep it burning because As we mentioned, this is what drives our learning. But apart from that, this is also what drives enjoyment and joy from life, you know, and amazement. You know, whenever I often um, look at things and I'm amazed by them and I'm so curious to learn more and that adds so much to my enjoyment from life. And so when we're curious, we are participating much more fully in, in life and the world around us and our happiness level increases. So apart from the importance of being curious to to learn and, and uh, improve our academic performance. It's also important for our well being and happiness and enjoyment in life. Yes, that's so so true. And I mean, you know, I I just love traveling
0: and things like that because you're just opening yourself up to more, discovering more. So we don't want to be in any closed um, situation. Now we spoke a lot um, recently, Aotol, about creating. A, an environment where children can use their senses. Because remember, we spoke also about how, you know, we often shut them down and say, just look with your eyes, don't touch. Yeah. But we want to explore it a little bit differently today. So we want to open up um, the, the space for having a look at, having a look at questions as um, a driver of new learning and a driver of that exact motivation and joy. That you're talking about. So, you know, we were saying that teachers can present information and expect the right questions, or they can craft a bigger question, which is broad and open and gives the students a lot of opportunity for following interests within that question. So they're still feeling control, but the students have some choices in um, what, they, what they explore within the big question. And then they can bring their own interests, their own knowledge, um, their own hobbies and talents into that big question. And it, it remains cohesive, but you know, it, it is a great question.
1: Yes, absolutely. I, I mean, I think as educator, we need to channel our student curiosity into the curriculum, into what we want them to learn. And we can easily do it with any project we run with them. And science, for example, is a great place to use students' curiosity to learn many new things. And and one example for such big question, as you mentioned, Liliane, we can start with a question of how do things work, and then um, ask the students to come up with questions they're curious about, things they want to learn about how they work. For example, uh, how do how do airplanes fly in the sky? Uh, That's an interesting question, right? (laughs) And another one can be, how does water come out of the tap? What happens there? How do they reach there and coming out just as I uh, turn on (laughs) the tap? Or how do we produce electricity from the sun? How does that happen? And so encourage your student to come up with at least three such questions of things they're curious to learn more about. And then you can ask your student to share their question with a class. And you can actually even write down all these questions on the whiteboard. And then you can ask each student to choose one question they wanna, they're most curious about. And it doesn't necessarily have to be one of the questions they came up with. Maybe they heard a question from another student and now they're more curious to learn about that. And so ask them to choose one question they're most curious about and then explore that, you know, do the research, find out how the water gets into my tap. And you can take it as deep as you want. You can turn it into a huge project going over, I don't know, the whole year or one term or whatever it might be or you can make it shorter. So it depends on on your flexibility with your timetable. So you can decide how the duration of that project, how long it's gonna be, and and what you want the students to do with the information they'll discover? I mean, I think personally that it will be great if they share this information with uh, the rest of the class. So everyone is learning a lot of wonderful thing. And it's also an opportunity for each student to, kind of um verbalize what they've learned and explain to others as as we know learning how to explain a topic to others is very important uh, for our communication skills so uh, definitely i recommend doing that as part of this exercise
0: no yeah this is so true and i mean i love your question about how airplanes fly I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a miracle anyway, but when they put my suitcase on the aeroplane, I always feel like it should fall down because <laughs> always tells me that I take too much with me wherever <laughs> I go. But the idea about this is that, you know, there's a lot of broad learning. So if you're exploring the water thing, the how it, it's reticulated to your tap, or if you're exploring flight, or if you're exploring... Um, how your vacuum cleaner works? I don't know. I still I use it. I don't know exactly how it works. <laughs> I know a but you know you the the information is staying connected because you're always dealing with um, power and um, mechanics and you know and the physics, the laws of physics are within that project and so then the students are able to see you know what was the same around the airplane flying and maybe um you know um other motors and propellers um because you know they're propellers on boats and they're and how is it how is air being used in one and water being used in the other. And they're starting then to cross-connect the information, but it's remaining within this big question. So in a way, it's not like we're going to do air, we're going to learn about air today, we're going to learn about water tomorrow, we're going to learn about um, electricity or magnetism another day. You know, the students are discovering these things for themselves and explaining it. And there's nothing better than one student explaining to another because they use the the right language and they kind of come at an entry point um, where they understand one another really well so I mean one of the beauties that I'm hoping I'm going to explain this well but you can understand the specifics of something like you know you can understand that water flows for instance but If you understand that water flows, that air flows, that um, other waves flow, then you're starting to get a general idea. So the particular flow contributes to the general understanding and the general understanding comes in, but you know, it contributes to the individual understanding. So if we take weather, for instance, you know, rain, if we know that rain is weather, then we can find out more about snow because we understand weather. So the, the, this beautiful relationships between the particular and the general is something that I love working with in the classroom. And, you know, that in this big question, what starts to happen is the general principles start to get picked out and that is transferable. You can Absolutely. take that to a new
1: context. Absolutely. I I agree. And I think they will learn concepts of how things work. And then you can challenge them further and ask, where else do you see these concepts uh, in play at play? Or how else can we use this concept in a new thing that we create, you know, altogether? How can we use this concept to create something new? So definitely you can take it much deeper and enhance their thinking and their creative thinking as well, because Um, they will be able to take what they learn and think about how can they apply it differently in different areas for different things. And and that will definitely enhance their uh, creative thinking. So I recommend doing that as well as as a fun exercise because children will enjoy using that new knowledge that they acquired in different areas and um, kind of Create with it something new. Yes, look, and I mean, I love um, for us
0: to uh, point out some great education writers and people out there. Um, I love Lee Watanabe Crockett's work, A Future-Focused Education, because he speaks about a herding question. And this question goes from the particular to the general so to pick up on what we said so for instance you might ask a child a question like do you like the rain you know and that's so specific to them and then you make then you broaden it by saying well is rain better than wind it's just so much broader and then mm. which is your favorite kind of weather and then they have to consider even more and then finally what is weather you know and and when you say what is something it just opens up massively for anyone any child whether you're two years old or you're 92 years old you can engage with this question of what is weather so and I love that it's future focused education because really we're trying to change education and I mean COVID's done a lot it's actually pushed it it's really pushed it in a lot of ways but we want to add to this so yeah this whole idea of um ensuring that the curiosity stays alive because if you say something like what is friendship or you know it it's just so broad and how do things work yeah it's doing it just sparks that um, oh I wonder how they
1: do work you know (laughs) so yeah big questions Absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, we spoke about this concept before of zooming in and zooming out of how important it is and how it helped you think differently. Um, So if you missed that episode, go back uh, to our episode on zooming in and zooming out. Um, You will find lots of things you can um, implement in your classroom with your students.
0: Yeah, and there's just one great quote from that Albert Einstein. And he says, the mind that opens to a new idea never returns to its original size. I love that. Okay, yes. so to sum up, curiosity is the thing that drives new learning. And in fact, there's a lady, I'm just looking for her name in my notes here. Just bear with me one second. Um, Marilyn Price Mitchell. And she says, curiosity is one of eight core things that is needed for good learning. So we have to have it. Um, Why it's important is without it, the learning becomes static and dry. And children are just absorbing information that you've provided. And they are regurgitating that information. Um, And what happens is they gain a pattern of doing that. So they don't create a learning network which wants them to explore. That exploration um, instinct is shut down. And the how we can do that is to have a think about which kinds of questions are we offering or asking for? And can we take the question up to become a big question, a more general question? Where the students can get engaged using their interests, their talents, their own ideas, and particularly their
1: collaboration. Wonderful summary, thank you, Liliane, and and we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your experience uh, working with your students in this manner. Really, um, like we said, channeling their curiosity into the curriculum and let them lead their learning, and you'll see wonderful things that are happening. So. Please write to us to thethinkingffect podcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you and your students experienced it. And we'll be back again next week with episode number 17, which is all about how can teachers enhance learning through play? Mm,
0: that is one of my all-time favorite topics. Um, and, yes, honestly, thank you so much to all the educators who are reaching out. Um, it's growing. Um, it's great to see that our um, uh, people subscribing uh, is, is it increasing and the, the downloads. And we're just so grateful that we can share our um, combined knowledge with you and we want to hear from you because honestly we know that there are things that you'd like us to talk about as well so contact us but we'll be back next week as usual and so goodbye for now see you then